Hi, I'm Paul Ellard. Welcome to Our Queen, Our Mother, the Graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In our sessions, we will be exploring the topic of the Blessed Virgin Mary and why she is important to the Christian faith. With each talk, we will try and open up and explain in simple terms the Catholic Church's teaching on the Blessed Virgin Mary. We will also include a testimony of people who have experienced her love and grace in their own lives. So welcome to the program and let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. A loving God, we give you thanks and praise for all your love, for all your graces, for all the blessings that you pour out on us abundantly every day. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of your mother. And we ask you, Lord, as we look at this topic of Marian consecration, that you will send the Holy Spirit to be with us, to open our minds, to open our hearts, so that we can enter deeply into these mysteries and in doing so come to know and love you, Lord Jesus, like never before. And so we ask the intercession of all the angels and saints and especially our Blessed Mother to join us as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Saint Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Saint Louis de Montfort, pray for us. Blessed Pope John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in this session we want to continue our theme on Marian devotions. And today we want to look at the topic of Marian consecration. Now it can be a little difficult to understand for those who are perhaps new to the idea. But it's a wonderful topic, and it's very deep, but it's very rich. So I encourage you to dig deep and the fruits of loving Jesus through Mary will be profound indeed, I promise you. Now much of the material that we'll be going through today is sourced from the Mother of All Peoples website and we'll be looking a lot at the writings of St. Louis de Montfort. So let's ask the basic question first of all, what is consecration to Mary? What's the background and history of this devotion? And ultimately, what's its purpose and what are the benefits in consecrating oneself to Jesus through Mary? Well, according to St. Louis de Montfort, in his book, True Devotion to Mary, when we say we consecrate ourselves to Mary, we mean that we are giving ourselves entirely to the Blessed Virgin in order to belong entirely to Jesus through her. So consecration to Jesus through Mary, it represents the crowning of all Marian devotion. So it's huge, it's big. It adds tremendous power to the Christian life and in the quest for holiness. 
and I can verify that from my own life, truly is the nuclear reactor in my own spirituality. And ask anyone who's seriously taken on board Marian consecration, they'll tell you it's life-changing. And of course, the Catholic Church enthusiastically encourages us to embrace Marian consecration, and it does so through both invitation and example. And we'll look at some of those a little later. So Marian consecration then is fundamentally, it's a promise of love and a gift of self that gives all that the Christian is and does completely and directly to the mother of our Lord, which thereby allows her to unite us to her divine son Jesus in ways simply not possible without her powerful maternal intercession. Did you catch that? In ways that are simply not possible otherwise. Consecration to Jesus through Mary is to give oneself entirely to Mary in a self-donation of love that enables Mary, who, as the mediatrix of all graces, allows her to use her full intercessory power to keep a person faithful to his or her baptismal promises to Jesus Christ. Now we'll open that up a little bit more later. But first, let's just glance at the history. So Marian consecration then dates back to at least the 5th century. But of course, long, long before then, we have the seeds of Marian consecration laid much earlier. We have an ancient prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the oldest version of it has been found on Egyptian papyrus of the 3rd century. So it's very old, very simple prayer. And I used to go to Amara school and we always said this prayer daily. It goes like this. We fly to thy patronage, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions in our necessities, but deliver us always, O glorious and blessed Virgin. So we see the essence of Marian consecration in that prayer. By the 5th century, we see examples of Marian consecration by St. John Damascene, who died in 749, and he was a, a doctor of the church. We also see it in the writings of St. Ildefonsus of Toledo. He died in 669. And then the practice of referring to oneself as a slave of Mary or a servant of Mary was a devotion that was found in Ireland by the 9th century. And then Marian consecration was given official church approval as it manifested in the community of the Servites of Mary. And that was a religious order of the 13th century. And then we have several popes who likewise proclaimed themselves as slave of the Mother of God. And that included Pope John VII, who died in 707, Pope Nicholas IV, who died in 1292, and Pope Paul V, who died in 1621. Then, of course, we have two great Marian saints, St. Anselm of Canterbury, he died in 1109, and St. Bernard of Clairvaux, died 1153 and both of those saints identified themselves as slaves of the mother of God 
And St. Bernard added these words regarding the practice of giving all to the Mother of Christ. Whatever you are about to offer, remember to commend it to Mary, so that through the same channel whence grace flowed, it may return to the giver of grace. And so then by the 16th and 17th centuries, consecration to Our Lady under various forms had spread throughout the whole of Catholic Europe. And then Marian consecration reached new heights of understanding and practice through the tireless work of arguably its greatest advocate, and that is of St. Louis de Montfort. He was born 1673 and died 1716. He preached total consecration to Jesus through Mary and was named by Pope Clement XI as Apostolic Missionary. In writing on Marian consecration, St. Louis de Montfort explains this. All our perfection consists in being conformed, united and consecrated to Jesus Christ. And therefore, the most perfect of all devotions is, without any doubt, that with which most perfectly conforms, unites and consecrates us to Jesus Christ. Now Mary, being the most conformed of all creatures to Jesus Christ, it follows that, of all devotions, that which most consecrates and conforms the soul to our Lord is devotion to his Holy Mother and that the more a soul is consecrated to Mary, the more it is consecrated to Jesus. Hence, it comes to pass that the most perfect consecration to Jesus Christ is nothing else than a perfect and entire consecration of ourselves to the Blessed Virgin. And this is the devotion I teach, or, in other words, a perfect renewal of the vows and promises of holy baptism. So for St. Louis de Montfort, total consecration to the Mother of God thereby allows one who is the most conformed to Jesus and who is also the mediatrix of all graces to intercede for the Christian that they may be most interiorly united with our Lord and be as faithful as possible to the baptismal promises of the Christian faith. So I think it's important to stress here that Marian consecration is not simply an added devotional prayer, but rather it's a new Marian way of life, a crowning of devotion to Our Lady that invites her and her powerful intercession into every aspect of the Christian life. St. Louis de Montfort, who was the one who explained thoroughly the spiritual method of to Jesus through Mary, and shaped it into a definite mode of spiritual life. His book, True Devotion to Mary, is quite a masterpiece. He does not propose special or extra prayers, but rather a devotion which essentially consists of one single act, which under various formulas and conditions we can apply to our whole life, both interiorly and exteriorly. This devotion then leads to a permanent disposition of living and acting habitually in dependence on our Blessed Mother. It embraces a person's entire life. It's not just for one's particular prayer time or specific religious acts. 
So consecration to Our Lady is a practical form of recognition of her universal mediation and a guarantee of her special protection. It helps us to have a continual childlike recourse to her as our mother and to contemplate and imitate her virtues and her perfect union with Christ. Although we said that consecration to Mary represents the crowning of all Marian devotion, it should in no sense be considered either as a sign of or reward for spiritual perfection. Rather, it is a means for the Christian perfection and for deepening our love for Mary, and it calls for prudent spiritual preparation. So what then are the theological foundations for an act of consecration to Jesus through Mary? Well, St. Louis de Montfort explains it this way. The Most High has made her sole treasurer of his graces and sole dispenser of his graces to enable, to exalt and to enrich who she wishes. It was through her that Jesus Christ came to us and it is through her that we must go to him. So that's a very simple concept, but it's quite profound when you think about it. So why then is Marian consecration so powerful and so rich in spiritual graces for the Christian soul? Marian consecration grants our Blessed Mother the freedom to use her full power of intercession in the sanctification and spiritual protection of her earthly children. That's us. And in imitation of the Heavenly Father, she always must respect our free will. So in a certain sense, Our Lady can only intercede on behalf of the Christian to the extent that each adult person freely allows her to do so. So when a person consecrates themselves to Mary, this free and total gift of themselves to Mary allows her to use her full God-given power of intercession to sanctify that person in the graces of Jesus Christ and moreover to provide that person with spiritual protection against the enemy, the works of Satan. So Marian consecration completely opens the door of our heart to the powerful means of union with Christ, given to our mother, advocate of the church. It's good to recall what the Vatican II Council mentioned about Mary's God-given task of mediation. It said that it never diminishes or overshadows the task of Jesus Christ, the one mediator, but rather shows his power and fosters intimate union with him. Mary's function as mother of men in no way obscures or diminishes this unique mediation of Christ, but rather shows its power. But the Blessed Virgin's salutary influence on men originates not in any inner necessity, but in the disposition of God. In other words, it's a gracious gift from God. It flows forth from the superabundance of the merits of Christ, rests on his mediation, depends entirely upon it, and draws all its power from it. It does not hinder in any way 
the immediate union of the faithful with Christ, but on the contrary, fosters it. That's taken from Lumen Gentium number 60. So that's powerful words. And so we should get rid of any doubt if we're thinking somehow by having this consecration to Mary, are we taking something away from Christ? Absolute nonsense and is not part of what the church teaches. Now again, I mentioned this previously, but if you're struggling with any of this, please go back to the first four talks that we did originally. I think it dates back to um, September of 2012. Those first four talks, No Mary, No Jesus, and then Mary in Scripture, parts 1, 2, and 3. If you're having troubles with it, please go back because it's dealt with quite deeply and quite thoroughly there. So we're building on foundation. If you haven't kind of grasped that basic foundation, you might find some of this a little difficult to understand. Okay, the other great Marian saint is St. Maximilian Kolbe. He really proclaimed Marian consecration worldwide. St. Maximilian Kolbe, you remember, he was a Franciscan saint and he was the hero of Auschwitz. In fact, we did a whole session on St. Maximilian Kolbe. Fantastic life story, but we can't go into that now. He based his Marianology around Our Lady as the Immaculata. In other words, when Mary at Lourdes proclaimed to St. Bernadette who she was, she says, I am the Immaculate Conception. So St. Maximilian Kolbe tells us that Mary is immaculate by her very essence and therefore becomes the perfect human instrument of the Holy Spirit. Now Kolbe developed quite a bit our understanding of the relationship between Mary and the Holy Spirit. Kolbe says that the union between the Immaculata and the Holy Spirit is so inexpressible yet so perfect that the Holy Spirit acts only by the Most Blessed Virgin, his spouse. This is why she is the Mediatrix of all grace, given by the Holy Spirit. And since every grace is a gift of God the Father, through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, it follows that there is no grace which Mary cannot dispose of as her own, which is not given to her for this purpose. And because of Mary's intimate union with the Holy Spirit in the sanctification of humanity, Colby sees consecration to the Immaculata as the greatest means by which the human family can be reconquered for the kingdom of God. Colby says the Immaculata must conquer the whole world for herself and each individual soul as well, so she can bring all back to God. Maximilian Kolbe, like St. Louis de Montfort, desired every person to renew their baptismal promises by making a total consecration to the Immaculata. And Kolbe preached on Easter Sunday of 1937, We were born again in baptism, which washed away our sins. Can we dispose ourselves so as to receive the greatest possible influx of grace? Let us consecrate ourselves to the Immaculata. Let her prepare us herself. Let her receive her Son in us. This is the most perfect means. 
the one Jesus prefers and the one that will afford us the most abundant fruits of grace. So we see with St. Louis de Montfort and St. Maximilian Kolbe, arguably the two greatest apostles of Marian consecration, that the final goal of Marian consecration is always ultimately directed towards a greater fidelity and love to our divine Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And in the renewal of our foundational baptismal vows to Jesus through Mary. Now the popes through the 19th, 20th and 21st centuries have enthusiastically encouraged consecration to Mary, both by word and example. We mentioned St. Louis de Montfort's classic work, True Devotion to Mary. Well, this work has had repeated papal endorsement and unprecedented support for an individual spiritual writing that has been granted by the popes of the last 150 years. And we see that in the forms of the praises and indulgences even, encouraging the faithful to read True Devotion to Mary and to make an act of total consecration to Jesus through Mary. So, for example, Blessed Pope Pius IX declared true devotion to Mary to be free from all doctrinal error and referred to de Montfort's devotion to Mary as the best and most acceptable form of devotion to the Blessed Virgin. So if any of you have had any little niggling doubts, listen to the Pope's. Pope Leo XIII encouraged all faithful to make Louis de Montfort's act of consecration by granting a church indulgence for those who would do so. And Pope Leo XIII also beatified St. Louis de Montfort in 1888. Pope St. Pius X manifested an exceptional appreciation of the writings of St. Louis de Montfort and made several efforts to encourage the faithful to read and to practice the Marian spirituality as expressed by St. Louis de Montfort. Pope St. Pius X even declared his dependence on de Montfort's writing in the composition of his own Marian encyclical and granted a plenary indulgence for those who recite de Montfort's formula of Marian consecration. And then he further granted an apostolic blessing to anyone who merely read true devotion. So much did this Holy Father desire the Catholic world to receive and practice total consecration to Mary. Pope Benedict XV declared the practice of making consecration to Mary and its corresponding devotion to be of great unction and high authority. Pope Pius XI spoke personally of de Montfort's work True Devotion to Mary when he said this I have practiced this devotion ever since my youth and Pope Pius XII when he canonized de Montfort in 1947 declared his Marian spirituality to be consuming, solid and right he referred to de Montfort as the guide who leads you to Mary and from Mary to Jesus He is incontestably one of those who has worked the most ardently and the most efficaciously to make Mary loved and served. And in recent times, Pope John Paul II, more than any of his papal predecessors, 
summoned the church to make and practice total consecration according to de Montfort's spirituality. So central was the spirit of Marian consecration to Pope John Paul II that his very papal motto, Totus Tuus, which translates entirely yours, was directed specifically to Our Lady and was taken from de Montfort's short form of prayer of Marian consecration. And on a more personal note, Pope John Paul II said about true devotion to Mary in an address to the de Montfort Fathers, The reading of this book, that is, True Devotion to Mary, was a decisive turning point in my life. I say turning point, but in fact it was a long inner journey. This perfect devotion is indispensable to anyone who means to give himself without reserve to Christ and to the work of redemption. And then later Pope John Paul II offered a rich theology for his own personal Marian consecration in his document Redemptus Mater. And here the Pope discusses what he calls a filial entrustment to the Mother of Christ. For Pope John Paul II, his theology of Marian consecration or entrustment returns to the foot of the cross. John chapter 19 verse 26. It is at Calvary that Jesus gave Mary as spiritual mother to St. John, and beyond John to every disciple, you and me in other words. As the Pope stated, Mary's motherhood, which becomes man's inheritance, is a gift, a gift which Christ himself makes personally to every individual. Wow, that's powerful. And then how does John, the beloved disciple, respond to this gift of Mary's motherhood? Well, the Gospel records John's response. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. John 19.27 John then becomes an example of how every beloved disciple of the Lord should respond to Jesus' gift of Mary's spiritual motherhood a gift offered directly from the cross to take Mary into our homes. And the specific way Christians should take Mary into their homes is by consecrating or entrusting themselves, by offering themselves as spiritual sons and daughters to their Christ-given mother. So the Marian dimension of the life of the disciple of Christ is expressed in a special way, especially through this filial entrusting to the Mother of Christ, entrusting himself to Mary in a filial manner, the Christian, like the Apostle John, welcomes the Mother of Christ into his own home, says John Paul. And he goes on to explain that the word home refers to the spiritual life, the inner life of the believer. This son or daughter invites the mother of Jesus into the spiritual life of the Christian, allowing Mary to exercise her unifying power of grace between the faithful and her divine son. And as John Paul describes, the Christian who entrusts himself to Mary 
brings her into everything that makes up his inner life. He took her to his home. Thus the creature seeks to be taken into that maternal charity with which the Redeemer's mother cares for the brethren of her son and in whose birth and development she cooperates in the measure of the gift proper to each through the power of Christ's Spirit. Wow, John Paul has a way of just pulling that together. It's almost poetry. Then in 2002, John Paul, in his document on the Rosary, talks about the fruitful spiritual link between the Rosary and Marian consecration. In this process of being conformed to Christ in the Rosary, we entrust ourselves in a special way to the maternal care of the Blessed Virgin. She continually brings to birth children for the mystical body of her Son. She does so through her intercession, imploring upon them the inexhaustible outpouring of the Spirit. The Rosary mystically transports us to Mary's side as she is busy watching over the human growth of Christ in the home of Nazareth. This enables her to train us and to mould us with the same care until Christ is fully formed in us. John Paul goes on to say, This is the luminous principle expressed by the Second Vatican Council, which I have so powerfully experienced in my own life, and made the basis of my own Episcopal motto, Totus Tuus. The motto is, of course, inspired by the teaching of St. Louis de Montfort, who explained in the following words Mary's role in the process of our configuration to Christ. Our entire perfection consists in being conformed, united and consecrated to Jesus Christ. Hence the most perfect of all devotions is undoubtedly that which conforms, unites and consecrates us most perfectly to Jesus Christ. Now since Mary is of all creatures the one most conformed to Jesus Christ, it follows that among all devotions, that which most consecrates and conforms a soul to our Lord is devotion to Mary, his Holy Mother. And the more a soul is consecrated to her, the more it will be consecrated to Jesus Christ. Never as in the Rosary do the life of Jesus and that of Mary appear so deeply joined. Mary lives only in Christ and for Christ. So, I warned you it was deep. <laughs> but it's rich, it's beautiful. And once you start to see this light go on, everything changes. And all the things we've been talking about Mary in the past 20-odd talks in a way, leads to this point, to consecration to Mary. If you can step out and really embrace this, your life will change. You will go deep, so deep in your faith. You will forever be convinced of the grace and the gift that Jesus is offering us through his mother. Can I say in my own life, 
the most powerful prayer I have ever done is a consecration to Mary. I did it very similar one to the St. Louis de Montfort formula of preparing for 33 days and then on the 34th day make a simple consecration to Jesus through Mary. And it's powerful. It's powerful. Now many of my friends have also done Marian consecration. And in fact, I know four of them who found their religious vocation immediately after completing their 33-day Marian consecration. Now I'm not saying that if you do a Marian consecration you're going to have a, a religious vocation. It may not be God's will for you. It wasn't God's will for me. I'm a married layperson. But what I'm saying is whatever the gift that you're given, whatever the riches that the Lord is blessing your life with, be it marriage, be it single life, consecrated life, whatever you do, Marian consecration will help bring this to the fullness and richness. We've talked about Fatima. You remember the story of Fatima and how important it was, that whole message of Marian consecration at Fatima. In the third apparition of Fatima in 1917, on July the 13th, the Blessed Virgin asked the Holy Father to consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart as a remedy for the errors that Russia would spread throughout the world, which would cause various wars and sufferings and persecutions for the Church and even the annihilation of nations. So it's serious stuff. And you know what happened. Various popes tried to fulfill this request of Mary. It wasn't until the 25th of March 1984 that Pope John Paul II managed to do this because one of the important conditions of this that Our Lady asked for that it would be in union with the bishops. And this collegial consecration, as we call it, was necessary part, and that did not happen until 1984. And then what happened? In 1989, the Berlin Wall comes down. And to this day, observers still can't really explain why the Berlin Wall came down. Now, we still have a long way to go before we have the conversion of Russia, but a lady was warning us on an oncoming Second World War, makes you think, what would have happened if this Marian consecration was done not in 1984, but before the Second World War? But anyway, we have to live with what's happened and the consequences. But the point is, Marian consecration is powerful. It's not just some nice little sentiment. It can be like a nuclear reactor in our faith. And can bring everything alive. In our last session, we talked about the scapula. The scapula is the sign of Marian consecration. It's the symbol, if you like. It's the external symbol. Those who wear it with devotion and love, it's the sign that we are consecrated to Mary. And that's why all those blessings and gifts and graces are associated with the scapula because they're linked with consecration, with Marian consecration. 
consecration to Mary. I think it's such an important topic and I would encourage you to get a copy of True Devotion to Mary and read it. As we just heard, there are wonderful graces just in reading it, let alone actually making the consecration. Popes have given indulgences attached to the making of the consecration to Mary. But apart from all that, just the grace that will come from committing yourself to Jesus through Mary. You enable the gifts that God has given Mary as mediatrix, as in the maternal mediatrix of the mother of all the church, to be unleashed. You give her permission, in a sense, to unleash these graces that God has given her and pour them on us. It's beautiful. It's life-changing. And I really encourage you to step out, make a Marian consecration. If you can't feel like you can do it straight up, do it in steps. Ask for the grace for the Lord to lead you gently until a time when you come, you can feel you can make this consecration to Mary. And suddenly you will be on a new level. Your love for Our Lady will be deepened and your love and fidelity to Christ will be deepened. You know, and I just want to close with this beautiful line that St. Maximilian Colby says, Never be afraid of loving the Blessed Virgin Mary too much. You can never love her more than Jesus did. (laughs) If anyone does not wish to have Mary Immaculate for his mother, he will not have Christ for his brother. So, powerful words, something to think about and pray about. So, Lord Jesus, we just give you incredible thanks. What a gift you give us, and particularly at this time in which we live, the gift of consecration to your mother. We thank you, Lord, for all the graces and blessings. It just reveals how much you love us, how much you want to give to us so that we can share eternal life with you so that we can be holy so that your will can be done on earth as it is in heaven all glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen immaculate heart of mary pray for us In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.